0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have so many people here today. And, I, uh, you know, last, last week was interesting. I think last week, and again, it's because of vacation, I think last week was the first week if we counted up numbers that we had more people online than in person, which is such a sort of a sign for the time. So I want to welcome everybody online from New Jersey, from the Carolinas, from Florida from Germany, uh, from Michigan, you know, welcome to New Church Live. Great to have you here. So today, what I want to talk about is I do want to talk about that search. And it's funny watching where people's searches go and and what they get real excited about. Did anybody catch what was the first American gold medal? What did she win? Shooting. 10-meter air rifle. Like, who even knew? And there are people, I'm sure, who are passionate about 10-meter air rifle. And and we're going to talk about what this search is and how this search kind of works in our life because I feel like we we all have this understanding. We're kind of on a search. We're kind of looking for something. Maybe we have a part of us that feels at home. New church would call that a remain. It's something deep buried in our heart. And then there's this other part that's just searching. And there's parts of that search that can be restless, and there's many, many parts of that search that are just simply Blessed, just simply blessed, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. So what I want is I want to kind of hear what you folks have to say. Now I'm not going to be coming off the stage because they have a they have these spider webs up to catch me if I try to move. Um, So I don't want to be tangled; that would be embarrassing. And so I'm going to just throw the question out there. You can text answers in into me or share them, and that's how we're going to start. What do you know for you for you? What do you know about quote unquote The search, all right? Just sort of, what do you know about the search? Share that with somebody or text in an answer with me. Please take 60 seconds, get warmed up with that one. Folks, I realize some of us probably this morning woke up and the biggest biggest search was for our wallet or our car keys. Uh, Some of the ones that are coming in, finding heaven on earth, that's a beautiful one. Uh, I know that the search begins when we realize we don't really know anything eternal happiness. It goes on and on. It's messy along the way. I rarely end up finding what I thought I was looking for. That goes back to that song, right? That's a beautiful one. To live in the moment to the fullest and not get lost in the search. Isn't that interesting too? Like we can get so restless that it can kind of pull us out of the way life is actually working. It's never ending, everlasting peace in our life. Ooh, this is a good one. Live through my heart, not my eyes or my ears. There's a beautiful passage in Isaiah that talks about that. That's really good. A lot of questions. These are beautiful, folks, and, and it tells us that we all are on this search. We all have this thing that we're kind of looking for, and and it's it's a me- messy. Like the first text to come in was that it's messy, and it is messy, right? Because I because I have to learn to sit where life is, not be on this constant search and at the same time be on this constant search, if that makes sense. Like the two kind of are are together. I have to be grounded, but I also have to constantly be stretching at the same time. Now I think a challenge with that, as T.S. Eliot put it, I love these words that that he said about the the challenge with it. See, we got those up there. T.S. Eliot offered these words. He said, you know, he said, we are in an era we no longer have great ideas that either inspire or conflict. Instead, I'm going to have you say the last two words there, that either inspire and conflict. Instead, we have nervous reactions. nervous reactions. That's really good. You know, we, we, we tend to sort of, because of this search and feeling sort of restless, we can, we can divorce ourselves from the really big ideas, the great ideas, the important ideas of life, and, and really just spend a lot of time pretty nervous. And I think a lot of us would chuckle at this graph. Yeah, everybody who gets that graph, <laughs> you know, totally. And I, a number of people are like, I'm not watching the news anymore, not watching anymore, because there's an anxiety around that, 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 that gets tough. And, and that anxiety, again, important to sort of understand, yeah, there's, there's that anxiety and for us to name it for a minute, because I think that anxiety can color our search can color our search in some ways. So Angela's gonna be running around here with the microphone and I just wanna hear from a couple of you. and Because I, I wanna get some examples so people hear this. And Think of news stories and complete this statement. When I hear a story about blank, I worry that blank. When I hear a story about blah, 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 I worry blah, blah, blah. Now I, because I don't want it to be a big partisan debate, we're not gonna do that. The only thing you can't say is the election. I'm going to say the election causes tension. Can we all agree? Please say yes. yes. Yes, we all get that. So, so we're not like figuring out who's voting where or any of that. Just that's up to you. Church is about a third way. But, but are there other pieces? When I hear new news about this, man, I worry a lot about that. Okay? So just think of some of these other news stories. So please feel free to raise your hand and Angel be around. I think you need, you need like three people to be good. Who wants to raise their hand and be brave? news about violence I think about copycats and I think about anxiety that provokes that's great yeah copycats like is it just gonna sort of mushroom or or become like a snowball when I hear a news story about Uh, genocide or in another country Um, I worry about us forgetting all that we we know about, how bad that is. Great, great. So that whole idea of like history and we see some of that concern around genocide and is this just going to continue and continue and continue? How do we sort of rein that in? When I hear a story about genocide and anything that's going wrong with the world I fear that we forget about how great this world is. Oh, that's, so good. that's a perfect one with. Give those people a round of applause, folks. <laughs> Thank you, Allie. You got the point. <laughs> that's the sermon, right? Because because we can, we can get so consumed about all those very legitimate worries that we forget about these great ideas. You know, it's like like yesterday, I'm doing this, this wedding. I have a beautiful couple, Suzanne and Noah, and I just wanted them to just take a moment. It's just like coming right from my heart. Like, like, Lord, just please, please, let them just remember this moment. So they remember how good life is. Challenging, sad, hard, and unfailingly Good. And how do we get into that conversation about these great ideas where we move beyond nervous reactions to to really taking on this idea that it is part of our responsibility to spread great ideas. It really is. Folks, everybody's listening to me. Please say yes. Yes. You have a responsibility. Please say yes, I do after I say that again. You have a responsibility. It's yes, I do. We'll try again. You have a responsibility. Yes, do. yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do, you do, you do. You have a responsibility. And, and it's, it's, it's one that's beautiful, it's one that's touching, it's one that shows up in all four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Different wording, but it shows up in all four. And it's something known as the Great Commission. And it's where we can move beyond nervous reactions into understanding that we are to spread great ideas. Now again, I'm going to be, I want to be careful with this. It doesn't mean that your job is to go out there and turn everybody into a new church Christian. That's not it. That's actually obnoxious. It's about saying, okay, so we have these anxieties. They're here. And what I'm going to continue to speak, I'm not going to continue to speak in and feed those anxieties. Because as we know, that can just get going and going and going and going and going, get totally out of control. I'm going to speak to great ideas because you have a responsibility. Please say it again. You have a responsibility. Yes, I do. You really have this responsibility. And it's where we can move Christianity and what we do here. Beyond just a simple, like something that we come in and consume. We understand that it is about doing. It's about doing those service projects. Very important, critically important. Preach the word every day, and if need be, use words. I believe that to my soul. And it's also about sharing great ideas that can start to get into people's heads and can start to help them in their lives. Little seeds. Not there to somehow change them per se, but just to share it. Now, what are the words of the Great Commission? Well, here they are. This is from the end of the, of the gospel. And it says, then the 11 disciples, this is after Easter. Christ has been resurrected. He's died and now he's, he's risen. He's on his way to heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And I want to hold on to that, that one there just if you go back for a second. The word doubted there, doubted doesn't mean like, should I believe this guy or not? It means wavering. You know, because, because the Christian message is it's a model, and we have to decide, like, are we going to follow it or not? And for all of us, not some of us, for all of us, we waver all the time. Like, do I really want to do that? Do I not? You know, that Saturday morning going down working at the Habitat-like project, With Interfaith Housing Alliance, yeah, that's great, but Facebook, I'd like to spend the morning on Facebook. Don't spend the morning on Facebook. You know, we we waver back and forth. That's sort of the connotation here. Now it goes on, and Jesus came to them and said, again, this this is after he's died and been resurrected, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That word all is really important. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey means listen to. Obey means to listen to. Teaching them to obey or listen to everything I have commanded you. And the two great commandments were both commandments to, begins with L, ends with of, were both commandments to love. What a bright audience you guys are. And surely, this is so beautiful. If, if, anybody, if anybody's having a hard day, and I know some of you are, Or you've had a really hard week. Please listen if you hear nothing else, hear this last line. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Beautiful. See, and he's speaking to this to these to these disciples who followed him for for quite a while. And, uh, you know, they followed him for three years. They've given up their lives. He's died. Some of their dreams have died with him. Then they see him resurrected. And it's him saying, you know, think of like in a dreamlike state, him saying, yeah, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do with this experience that I've given you. And it's not, please listen carefully, folks. It's not said in a scolding way. It's said, as he would say, as we would say it to a friend. That deep, loving connection. Now, when we look at the Great Commission, because it can get sort of warped, I've seen it used in some strange ways. Uh, It's important to start out by saying, what isn't the Great Commission? The Great Commission is not about, please say the first two words, it is not about saving them. It's not about, it doesn't have that word in there. I've heard this employed many times for people to say, well, then my job is to save other people. I alleviate you of all that responsibility. You are not to save other people. Who's in charge of saving other people? <laughs> they are. It's their responsibility. It's between them and God. Don't don't feel like your job is actually to save other people. That's not. Your job is to share. Your job is to serve. To share and to serve. That's your job. Let God do his thing. Let them have their relationship with God. Very important. You're also to make sure that you are not correcting them. Your job is not, as we were talking about with cookie cutters, your job is not to hold up a blueprint or a cookie cutter saying, well, you're not quite doing it right. That's not what the great commission is not. It's not a great obnoxiousness. It's not about sort of forcing people into a box. It's not about overcoming doubt with absolutes. You know, again and again, folks, Christ, when he's talking to these disciples, again and again, it says they doubted, they wondered, even says they fled, Monty Python-esque, they ran away. Uh, they're constantly messing up, and he never corrects them. You notice with that line, he said, you know, some are wavering, and he's not like, look, no wavering allowed. It's, it's not it at all. It's just Christ Christ going, okay, you got your doubts, I get it, now serve. You see that, folks? Because I feel like with the doubts, we can get so hung up with that. Paralysis by analysis, I love that phrase, we get so hung up with our doubts, we fall in love with them, we we sort of entertain them so much. What it is, all that is, is a fear rising up, grabbing hold of thoughts. We need to move away from that, and just like, yeah, of course there's going to be doubts. So what? Keep doing your thing. And the last, alleviating all pain. Christianity is not a movement that is always up and to the right on the graph. Well, I guess for you folks, it'd be up and to the right on the graph. It's actually actually largely a call, listen to this folks, to downward mobility. To downward mobility. Where we more and more find and experience God in, in the suffering of the world. And I don't mean we draw alongside of that in in like some uh, hey world look at me I'm alongside of suffering. It's 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 we start to understand that there's that there's pain and challenges in the world. When we suffer with people, that's compassion. We draw ourselves to that. That's being part of the Great Commission, because it's not alleviating all pain. It's not saying if you do this, if you do this Great Commission, that your life from here on out will be faultless. Just just think, folks, of how many years you've been at New Church Live. Just somebody shout out a a year for me. How long have you been here? Five years. years. It's five years. Have you had pain over those five years? Yes. The idea that it's some kind of like, that that this is some kind of alchemy where we're going to turn lead into gold and all of a sudden life's just going to be easy. No, it's not how it works. But but there is a settling in our hearts that can start to take place. And we can start to understand this too. And this is so important. This Great Commission is a very broad message. It's really about an orientation in our lives. An orientation very similar to the 12th step of the 12th step of Alcoholics Anonymous. This is the 12th step. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps... We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Bet you dollars to donuts. Bill W. got that from here. I mean, it sounds so much like the Great Commission. And it's it's this beautiful thing that starts to expand out. It's it's not sort of a fire hydrant or a hose that I'm going to hose people down with or paint them in a certain color. It's, It's this deep sharing, this merciful sharing. Look at this piece of theology from New Church Theology. God's mercy is not restricted to those within the church, but extends to, please say it, folks, but extends to everyone, everyone everyone on the face of the earth. That's beautiful stuff, that broader message. Now, as as the band comes out, I want you to think, yeah, about about what does that really look like? like? Like, how does that work? We're going to get a chance to hear from Robbie Thomas, and he's just got a beautiful, beautiful song here, and it's, it's about that search, and it's about how that search can, can start to come to life in our lives, how it came to life for him. And we can look at that and then start to talk about, yeah, let's just expand that into other great ideas, things we can share in a world that needs to hear it. beautiful song. You know, you know that idea of, of, like, Robbie sings it so beautifully. He wrote that song and that idea of looking up and, and how does this connect? Well, we're on this search. We're all looking up. And, and we're on this search together. And we're all searching for hands that will help us on that journey. Who are on the journey too? who are searching to. That's the Great Commission. The search Meeting this hands reaching out to hands of the Great Commission. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when we look at what at this great commission, I, I want to be clear, like really looking at, well, what exactly is this about them? What is this great commission? Like if it's going to move us beyond our nervous reactions into these great ideas, what is this really saying? And so we're going to pull it apart a little bit. Then I'm going to talk about how new church might, might be pieces. What are the pieces there that, that I think are very shareable? Well, the Great Commission, it's about sharing studenthood. I made that word up. That's not actually a word. Studenthood. Disciples make, please say it. Disciples make disciples. The word disciple means student. Isn't that beautiful? It means student. It means that I'm here to learn. You're here to learn. We're students. We're all on this journey together. We're students. We ask questions. We wonder. We inquire. We listen. We, we pull those things that make a lot of sense to us. We find the journey together. The second one, connecting, going out into the world as a healing presence. I'm going to have you say the A-word there. Of all nations. That's this is really important, folks. Really important. You know it goes back. This line goes back to the very Christmas story, when Christ came on Earth and said, "This will be good news to all nations." And here he's saying, "Take the good news to all nations. Take it all over the place." It's it's that and in that connection, it's a connection as a healing presence, as a healing presence. That's my job, is to somehow bring healing as best I can in very limited, broken ways, but to do that as best I can. Third one, celebrating, memorializing this new way of life and its commitments, baptizing them. You know, baptizing, it is that huge celebration, that memorializing of this new way of life. It's, you know, like, ah, this is so hard to get across, <laughs> so you know, if if, if Christianity, if, if if the things you hear in, in a church or a synagogue or anywhere you might hear them, if they don't really change your actions, kind of so what? Kind of so what? This is about something that can actually change things, can become a new way of life, can become a new kind of celebration. And the fourth one, helping others to practice this new way of life, helping others practice this new way of life that idea that we practice it together one of the you know sort of like like disciples it also sounds a lot like discipline there is some discipline to it i want to be clear about that there actually is some discipline to it there's some discipline to the practice just like any of you when you think back to your you know what olympic event you would have liked to participate in all those olympians from the 10 meter air rifle on up to swimming, which would have been mine, uh, on up to swimming or golf, all those took discipline and practice to get to where they are. And those aren't dirty words. Like, actually, there's a lot you can learn even in that process of learning about discipline, learning them how to obey everything I have commanded you, and it all comes down to the greatest rules, which are the rules of love. Now, what I want to do now is I'm going to shift over here, and Angela's going to be asking for some of your participation here. So I want to share with you, you know, you know, five ideas that I think are significant that New Church offers. Five ideas New Church offers that I think are significant to kind of stir my heart. And again, this is fully understanding that, that with all of us, we, we, we pull different things. Here's a piece of New Church theology that says that. The Lord's Church differs from one group to the next and from one individual to the next. The idea that we all have these different perspectives. So you're just going to hear mine about what what I find, New Church, that that could be part of this great commission. Part of these things we could share that actually could help people on their search. So what we're going to do is we have five of them up here. And I'm going to ask you, Angela's going to come around. I'm going to say, who wants to read number one? You raise your hand. It's real simple. You read number one and then I'm just going to offer a little commentary on it. So who would like to read number one? There is an overwhelmingly loving God who tenderly holds all of creation, all religions, all people, and you. A few weeks ago, um, thank you, Kate. You know, a few weeks ago, somebody had said, you know, I just had offered this simple line, you know, God loves you. And this person said, you know, they'd had sort of a hard week. And they said, you know, every time I hear that, I get kind of teary. I think that's really where it all has to start. You know, the idea that God loves you, that there's an overwhelmingly loving God who holds all of creation, all religions, all people in you. There's a God who has it. I, I know for me, when, when I look at somebody, like I have people in my life, as we all do, people who really struggle, and, and be that one of my children or, or somebody I really love, this helps me so much because when I can breathe, when I can breathe, which isn't all the time, I'm more prone to that nervous reaction thing, when I can breathe, I can go like, oh, God has them too. God has them too holding them tenderly, where they are. Who'd like to read number two? Christ is the incarnation of God, and Christ asked that we follow him versus just worship him. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. So so if you think of of Christ as as sort of God with skin on, like like this is, and we're going to be talking about this, you know, sort of Christ is God's gift, you know, as a way that we can see how to work. We can see how to live in our life. Like this is the model. We don't follow it perfectly. We've talked a lot about that. It's not a model we follow perfectly, but we follow it sort of like compass points. Yes, this is what this is about. See, and, and folks, it's, it's just it's standard Christianity, and I feel like it's so important to keep coming back to it. And I've said this a bunch of times, but I, but I want to say it again. Christ never commands us in, his four, in the four Gospels to worship him. Not one time. He doesn't say, worship me. You're going to fill in the blank. He says, follow me. Follow me. I mean, that's where the term Christian comes from. The Christians, as many of you know, weren't originally called Christians. They were called the way. And and Christians was the Roman term meaning little Christ. (laughs) So it was about these people who were just simply trying to follow as best they could this model of life that that was completely different than than the way people tend to live. Even to this day, it's totally different than the way people tend to live. You know, and, and I see that over and over again. You know, I was, I was down a, a few weeks ago, and we were we were passing out lunches uh, to some, some homeless and addicted folks. And I'm I'm like, I cross the street, and I see somebody sitting over there, and they're they're sitting down, they're sort of sitting on the ground, and I'm like, do I cross the street to see them? I'm really nervous. Uh, this gets me anxious. I'm looking at them. Ah, I don't know. You know, and I I go over. I introduce myself to the person, give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hint, everybody loves peanut butter and jelly, just so you know. Give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and and he starts talking about his son, and his face just lights up. Well, that to me is what following Christ is about. That's a a model where, where I'm actually going to that place, and I'm actually the one who's learning. It's a different view of leadership. It's the view of leadership where we are to, and listen carefully here, folks, where we are to inhabit the worlds we are inviting other people to. We are inhabiting the worlds we are inviting other people to. Next one. Holy ground from our jobs to our relationships to our church and the list goes on. That's great. What's holy, folks? <laughs> Everything. Everything's holy. Like, just think about that. It, it's a lot of people feel like, well, I got to, you know, some people sort of have a transactional view, view of God, sort of as church is like this little thing where I go and get my holy moment, sort of Pokemon Go, I go and get my little Pokemon thing, my little holy thing, and then I go on. And New Church says, no, it's all holy. It's all holy. Every interaction you have is sacred ground. Whether you have that interaction with with those you love or or even at work, like what if we really held work as sacred? And I realize like for a lot of people, 80% of you, if statistics are right, are doing jobs that you you wouldn't necessarily pick. But even there, can can you hold that job and you can say, this is actually a holy space. This is a space where I can serve as best I can in this moment, to serve this other person. That's what we call that doctrine of use. And, and it's, it's a beautiful concept that it's all holy. There is no division between the secular and the sacred. It's all one. Next one, number four. They'll put it up here in a sec. We are here to learn the ways of transformative love through repentance, reformation, Regeneration. Yeah, we're here to learn, and that love is transformative. Three simple steps: repentance, reformation, regeneration. What that means, folks, is is of course we have areas where we mess up, and our job is is to look at that and to go like, all right, I need to look in the mirror. I need to find those areas where I'm fearful, where I'm angry, where I'm vengeful, where I'm unkind. I need to look at those areas and I need to offer to them a sacred no. A sacred no. I'm going I'm to stop doing that. When we stop doing that, when we restructure our lives in a different way, that's where God can come into our life in brand new ways. And don't folks hold repentance as kind of separate from action. Like, a lot of the time when we're called to act out there into our lives, we'll be called to repent all the time. Because what happens, as soon as I start to move out there in action to help other people, my judgments show up right away. About other people, who deserves this, who doesn't deserve that, all that stuff, it comes right away. And yet I still need to keep on moving through it. Still need to keep on moving through it. And the last one. To help us learn, God has given us his word, experience, and conscience. Good. So we've got these these great teachers. You know, your conscience... Is going to be a great teacher. When you feel something isn't quite right, it probably isn't. Your experience is going to be a great teacher. And the word is going to be a great teacher. The the way we hold that in the new church, like we believe, okay, so God God speaks to us through this. And and that this is really all about, like the Bible is all about people wrestling, wrestling with the questions we wrestle with. It's not like a recipe book where I look it up and I go like, oh, here's the way to make it work perfectly. It's not that at all. It's, it's about a wrestling that takes place. When you look at the Bible and we start to see it as wrestling, new church, Emanuel Swedenborg, who was in the, born and raised, worked in the 1700s, he talks, he's, he talks a lot about what the internal sense of this is, what the poetic meaning underneath this is. So that when we can read things here that maybe don't make sense, we can start to understand at an ever deeper level what is actually going on. What's the big picture? That's where New Church Theology can help to like expand this whole view of the Bible. And Swedenborg writes about all kinds of things. He writes about like, like how divine providence works. He writes about how creation works. He writes about marriage and family. He writes all kinds of things, and it all comes down to the law of love, just that simple. And even those parts of the Bible that that we may not be able to understand, that we really wrestle with, and may sort of tempt us to go like, oh, there's nothing here, and sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater, even there, he says, no, stick with it, there's a deeper message there. You know, a famous one, and he writes about in books like Secrets of Heaven, is, is he talks about how in the Bible, sometimes there's comments around, uh, you know, where God commands, in the Old Testament, God will command these, these people to go into this village and destroy the village, killing everything there. Well, that doesn't sound very God-like. That's hard to reconcile. But maybe there's a deeper message there. As we believe here in the new church, maybe there's a poetic truth there. That idea that in my mind I can get these really toxic thoughts and they can just sit there and they're just these toxic things. And the fact is, I have to get rid of them all. I have to really pull them up by the roots. Because they just keep on coming back. Those what those kind of comments are about. Now, as I move back over here, the most important thing, folks, with all of this is we look at these at these different things we share, and we're all going I forgot my margin notes over here. My bad. As, as we look at all these different ways, you know, what is actually the most important thing that we can share? What is the most important part? And it's this. The most important great idea we share. Maybe it's one of those five as part of it, but this is really it. Christ healed a man. Healed a, healed a paralytic who was blind. In this paralytic, in, in part of a Bible story, it says, he replied, whether he, meaning Christ, is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I, now I see. It's that basic idea, folks, of personal testimony. That real, real, real simple concept that, that, that you know, that, that it's about your experience. That's what you share. One of the things that's always funny, like a lot of people will say, hey, I want to talk about New Church Live. I want to talk about what we believe here. And then they're like, but I don't know what to say. As if there's the perfect thing. There isn't. Do you stumble talking about your favorite Italian restaurant? No. No. You just talk about it. Like This is, this is what the experience was for me. That's the Great Commission. Now, as we go on understanding about that experience and that blind and see, like like knowing that life, like you're not always going to see it. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. Sometimes you have an experience like in this next video where we don't see it and then we do. Take a look. Here we are, we've spent all day since first light looking in one of the world's great hotspots for blue whales. Haven't seen a thing. And there, there are all sorts of reasons why. I mean, one is, of course, being whales, they're spending most of their lives underwater, out of sight. So we could be going right by them and have no idea they're there. And then you get conditions like this. It's quite sweaty today a lot of waves, there's a lot of white caps, so it's hard to spot if there's a blow. Um, it just makes it so challenging, and it's, it's quite exciting in one way, it's very frustrating in another, that you know they're here, but you just jolly well can't find them. Oh, look! <laughs> there is one. <laughs> uh, actually, that was a lot easier than I was expecting. <laughs> there's a whale right there. Talk of the devil. And I think that's the way it goes. You know, we, we go through this search and what we learn is we learn to just trust. We learned to trust that there actually is something else there and we can share this experience where we get that we're on a search. We get, get that we have a responsibility and that responsibility is this great commission, this sharing together. Whoa. That was really cool. Did I like, did I like look like I was a, I don't know. Yes. yes thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so we get to understand that even when the lights flicker, God's still there. We get to just trust, right, that, that even when we don't see it, it's still there. It's still there. Still moving in this world. You have a responsibility. Yes, you do. And you don't need to carry a lot of worry about it. Because folks, like this should give you chills. Like, look at the last line of the Great Commission. And surely I am with you Always. Even to the end of the age. A beautiful reminder that that we're just just here trying. We're just here sharing. We're just here serving the best we can. God with us the whole way. Even to the end of the age. We're now going to have our closing prayer. After the closing prayer, you'll have an opportunity to have a moment of quiet reflection. And then you're welcome to join with the band in a great last song. So please join me in a closing prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us to continue to hear that call of a higher love. Something, Lord, that pulls us forward in our journey. Something where as well we feel the stirring of the Great Commission, where the search and the commission meet. Allow us, Lord, to be open to those we might touch, to those with whom we might share, to those with whom we might connect. Allow us, Lord, to allow it to stir in a way that is joyous, a way that is a call, a way that brings happiness, compassion, discipline, a higher love, Lord, that constant call bringing us home.